Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everybody. Been having some issues uh, on the new platform, on the new uh, software going live, so I should be live on YouTube for sure. And I'm not going to be live on Telegram. I didn't get that up. And we'll see if I'm live on Facebook. Facebook's been giving me a hard time. That's normally not the problem on going live. Yep, I'm on Bill Martin anyway. So, and then hopefully on Twitch, if you go to calvarypv.com and hit watch live, hopefully I, I'll be there. That is streaming over Twitch. So, how are you guys doing? Nice to see you on this beautiful Monday morning. We had a wonderful service yesterday. A lot of people showed up. And uh, interesting. There was more people in the Spanish service than the English service. And we're in the, going in the height of our tour season, which is really exciting for me. Because normally, this time of year, we really pack out the first service. And sometimes our second service is all down because families are getting ready for Christmas and uh, families in town and they get preoccupied. So it was it was great. It's great to see the, the growth in the second service. But we did have a good size first service. A lot of people visiting. Some new people came. If any of you guys are watching, we welcome you. Thank you for, for joining us this morning. We had great time at the outreach on Saturday. And a good friend... Greg will be posting a video of that as he gets it edited. I'll make that available of the outreach we did down there with our friends, also from, as many of you guys know, Randy, Doty, and Tom and Deb, and um, they were down there and work, they worked down there a lot with the church. And so we went down and, and blessed them and Renee and, and the youth and the whole team worked really hard getting all the presents ready and got, um, they're working hard getting the presents ready for the next outreach. Tom and Deb and Randy and Doty did all the presents for down there. Just want to give them credit. Anyway, it, it was pretty cool to see the response of the people down there. It was, a, it was a blessing. It was good. So, we are moving on in the Bible again. I apologize for not being able to get online because of driving. I sent that little message out. I was, I've been sick and, and um, not, not in my right mind, maybe. It's my only defense. I totally forgot because I was driving and got down there. And uh, didn't put out the notice that we didn't even have manna for breakfast Saturday morning. And we were at church all day yesterday, so I didn't even get the podcast out. Sorry, podcast group. Hopefully you guys are reading uh, on anyway. But we are moving on into Daniel today. Daniel chapter 1 and 2. And then in First John 4. So before we do that, we will look quickly over into this day in trivia. I was just reading this before we went live. Five Navy bombers disappear on this day, the Bermuda Triangle, the famous Flight 19. Five Navy torpedo bombers disappear over Bermuda in the ocean on the Bermuda Triangle. And the cause of their disappearance was never determined, but they had a radio contact with them. But they, they were reported that their compasses were out. They were trying to fly back. But their compasses were not working very well. And as a pilot, I can tell you, that's not good. That is not good at all. If you don't have landmarks and your compass doesn't work, 
and they were basically kind of flew around in circles is what happened and in all likelihood they just went into the ocean and they all drowned and the plane sank to the bottom in a very deep place they've never been found but it does open up a lot of questions because of how many ships and, and airplanes have been gone missing in that region there's a lot of uh, speculation but nobody knows anything for sure End of the prohibition on this day, December 5th, 1933. It was repealed when Utah becomes the 36th state to ratify the 21st Amendment, giving it the necessary 75% of states needed to enact it. (laughs) Utah, of all places. They wouldn't have thought it would have been Utah. Hmm. Okay, California Gold Rush on December 5th, 1848, begins on this day. And Christopher Columbus becomes the first... European to set foot on the island of Hispaniola, now Haiti in the Dominican Republic. Hispaniola. I think there was one more up here. Oh, yeah, this one is just gross. I've always seen these cards. Any of you guys from Europe or been over there, you know this one. Krampus Night. This is Krampus Night, December 5th. Krampus is a horned half goat, half man, half demon that comes out tonight to punish children who misbehave. He's usually a companion of St. Nicholas, and they travel together. Is that telling you anything about St. Nicholas? Celebrated primarily in in Bavaria and Germany. I know this is just folktale, but still, this whole concept of this half, this chimera, half demon, half human, half goat person um, around this time, there's there's more to it than meets the eye on just common folktale there. There's some demonic bad stuff around there. I just know that it's 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 not something that whole culture should celebrate and teach their kids and show them pictures of these ugly half-demons. Yeah, I guess to scare them and to be good, but uh, you know, you're much better off teaching them the Bible. There's even a picture of him with leg chains and uh, basically child abuse. All kinds of horrible things. Well, let's look over to something much more positive and happy. If we can open it up today, we'll be looking at the dad jokes. And we'll get down to some of the new ones. I asked my dog, what's two minus two? (laughs) He said, nothing. (laughs) Smart dog. What did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Where's popcorn? (laughs) I like that one. What's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, (laughs) but the flag is a big plus. All right, that's enough. Switzerland gets a lot of coverage. Uh, We shall now move over into the reading today. Daniel 1. Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for bringing us into this place together so we can feast on your word. And we ask that it would be satisfying to our our soul, that it would be filling and that it would uh, build us up in the inner man. Thank you, God, for this time we have with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Daniel chapter 1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. 
and besieged it. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. Then the king ordered Aspenaz, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, four youths of whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had the ability of serving in the king's court. And he ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank, and appointed that they should be educated three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Now among them, from the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The commander of the officials assigned new names to them, and to Daniel he assigned the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king, who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. But Daniel said to the overseer, whom the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given some vegetables to eat, and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed in your presence, and the appearance of your youths who are eating the king's choice food, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, their appearance seemed better, and they were fatter than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. So the overseer continued to withhold their choice food with the wine they were to drink and kept giving them vegetables. As for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Then at the end of the days which the king had specified for presenting them, the commander of the officials presented them before Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and out of them all, not one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's personal service. As for every matter of wisdom and understanding by which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and conjurers who were in his realm. And Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus the king. Chapter 2 Now, in the second year, of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king gave orders to call in the magicians, the conjurers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king, 
And the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to understand the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell the dream to your servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, The command from me is firm. And if you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. But if you declare the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, declare to me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, Let the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will declare the interpretation. But the king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time, insomuch as you have seen that the command from me is firm, that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you, but you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the solution is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream that I may know that you can declare to me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on the earth who could declare the matter for the king, inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult. There is no one else who could declare it to the king except God's, whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. Because of this, the king became indignant and very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. And Daniel applied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, The king's command, for what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? And Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation of the king. And Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, about the matter, so that they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we request of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went in to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and spoke to him as follows. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me into the king's presence, and I will declare the interpretation to the king. Then Arioch hurriedly brought Daniel into the king's presence and spoke to him as follows. I found a man among the exiles of Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. The king said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, 
Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? And Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, diviners are able to declare it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the vision in your mind while you were on your bed. As for you, O king, while on your bed your thoughts turned to what would take place in the future. And he who reveals mysteries has made known to you what will take place. But as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me more than any other living man. But for the purpose of making the interpretation known to you, the king, that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. Verse 31. You, O king, were looking, and behold, there was a single statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was awesome. The head of the statue was made of fine gold, its breasts and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands, and it struck the statue on its feet in iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron and the clay and the bronze and the silver and the gold were crushed all at the same time, and it became like chaff from the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Verse 36. This was the dream. Now we will tell its interpretation before the king. You, O king, are the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the interpretation, the power, the strength, and the glory. And wherever the sons of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the sky, he has given them into your hand, and has caused you to rule over them. You are the head of gold. After you there will arise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another a third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over the earth. Then there will be a fourth kingdom, as strong as iron, and so much as iron crushes and shatters all things, also like iron that breaks into pieces. It will crush and break all these in pieces. In that you saw the feet and the toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be a divided kingdom, but it will have in it the toughness of iron, insomuch as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. As the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of pottery, so some of the kingdom will be strong and some of it will be brittle. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another in the seat of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it itself will endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future, so that the dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and did homage to Daniel and gave orders 
to present him an offering and fragrant incense. The king answered Daniel and said, Surely your God is a God of gods and Lord of kings, a revealer of mysteries, since you have been able to reveal this mystery. And the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men in Babylon. And Daniel made request to the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the administration of the province of Babylon while Daniel was at the king's court. So Daniel is a captive in Babylon, taken against his will, a very young man. Some people think he's as young as 15 when he was taken. And he is separated from his parents, uh, not told if his parents are still alive or not. He's taken to deportation. If they're still alive or they were killed then or killed later, but he's completely on his own with his friends. And he is one of these, again, enigmas of people that walk by faith and not by sight because as a young man, having lost everything, he could have easily said, my God failed me and my God is not as powerful as the gods of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. We've been defeated. Life is over. There's no reason to go on. Look at everything, you know, whatever. Or now that he's in captivity and he's found out by the king to be a smart and and, uh, good-looking guy, then use that to his advantage. Well, okay, God failed me, but I can pick myself up by my bootstraps and I can make something of myself. And I'm, I'm smart and intelligent. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to just dive in and, um, you know, can't beat him, join him and go and be, start worshiping the Babylonian gods and enjoy their food and enjoy their culture, enjoy their, you know, all the, all the wealth of Babylon. Daniel and his friends don't do any of this thing remain faithful to God even in the darkest times this is what I talked about there with um, John on the island of Patmos yesterday how amazing then he's a young man he says look I do not want to defile my God you may have taken me from my country and maybe my family's gone my house is gone temple's gone but my faith's not gone and I know in <laughs> I know the one in whom I believe, and I want to follow and be faithful to him. That faithfulness paid off because God ended up blessing him. So it's always wise to invest in the long term in your faith and to look way down the road, not just the temporal. And we are such a, a, a culture today of instant everything. I want, I want God to do it now. I want God to, to, to fix this. I want God to bless me. I want God to to see this situation through. And if we, do, if we don't get what we want, we tend to walk away. Daniel's this beautiful um, lesson for us that even in a time of distress, that God can still work through those things and bless our lives. And he still can. And Daniel gets, gets the greatest, once that's the greatest prophecy ever given because he's... He's going to be given more prophecies, and he gives the whole plan of, of God's whole plan for the world is being given to him, which is so phenomenal as we read through this book. First John now, four, behold, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come 
in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, of which you have heard that uh, that is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children. You have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world. And the world listens to them. You are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 7, God is love. Behold, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and he loves, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And whoever comes to know and have believed the love which God has, has for us, <laughs> we, have come to, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because because as he is, so also are we in the world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This is the, this is the commandment, and this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brothers also. There you go. We are a people of love. We are to stand unified in love. And God's love is perfected in us it's an amazing thing how john could be writing this at his old age having seen so so much hatred in the world so much destruction so many people dead because of their faith it would have easily driven a person normal person to a point of bitterness because of the hardness of the world, but not John, not a person that has the love of God within them. And this is what we're seeing here. And and he understands, talking about the false prophets too, the people that were coming into the church, his whole concern was about those false brothers that did not have love, that were coming into the church and deceiving people and trying to take their money, trying to get power and control. So much of that's still going on. We have to be so, so careful of the church. We need to test every spirit. Test the spirit. See if they're from God, what people say. 
and find out if they confess that Jesus is Lord really. He's the only Lord, the only way to heaven. To confess that Jesus is Lord, that he's come from God. Doctrinally, he's confessed he's the only way. He is the he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. That encompasses that, in my opinion. So you can't see, I believe in Jesus, but I also believe that um, in the Book of Mormon, I also believe, you know, in works or the that he's the Archangel Michael, or I believe in all these other stuff, a new age philosophy that Christ is the ascended master. No, he, he who believes in the Son, that he is Lord, that he is Lord over all things. And this is where you, you have to make the line where you ask somebody, what do you believe about Jesus? Is he Lord and Savior? Is he the only way to, only way to the Father? Is he deity? Is he part of the Godhead? And if they say yes, he's a brother. It's pretty pretty simple. If not, be careful. <clears throat> Very careful. Now, moving on into Charles Spurgeon, high places of defense. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His water shall be sure. Isaiah 33, 16. The man whom God has given grace to be a blameless life dwells in perfect security. He dwells on high, above the world, out of the gunshot of the enemy, and near to heaven. He has high aims and motives, and he finds high comforts and companion and company. He rejoices in the mountains of eternal love, wherein he has his abode. He is defended by munitions of stupendous rock. The firmest things in the universe are the promises and the purposes of the unchanging God. And these are the safeguard of the obedient believer. He is provided for by his great promise. Bread shall be given to him. As the enemy cannot climb the fort nor break down the rampart, so the fortress cannot be captured by siege and famine. The Lord who rained manna in the wilderness will keep his people in good store, even when they are surrounded by those who would starve them. But what if water should fall? That cannot be. His water shall be sure. There's a never-failing well within the impregnable fortress. The Lord sees that nothing is wanting. None can touch the citizen of the true Zion. However fierce the enemy, the Lord will preserve his chosen. There you go. God is faithful. He's faithful to take care of us in those dark days. This is what Daniel could choose and rely on. This is what John chose and relied on, that God could preserve him in the fortress and give them the water to drink. Daniel saying, I just give me the water. <laughs> Don't give me the stuff of the world. Don't try and feed me and persuade me and seduce me into the world. I just want to stay faithful to my God and drink his water. Beautiful. Amen. Father, thank you for those words and those blessings and getting a true understanding of what it is to be accepted in your presence and be blessed by you. Pray for the hearts of the people that come back to you now that there will be a revival, Father. Thank you for the ability of people to travel here. We thank you for their presence with us and ask you to bless them richly. Thank you for our time together, God, for what you did yesterday in service and touching hearts and bringing 
brothers and sisters together for a sweet time in fellowship, everyone in line as well. Thank you for them, and thank you for the fellowship we do have every single day as we read through your words. So we bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it for now. Well, we still have a lot of things to pray for. The evangelism team's been going out and doing a great job, and they send us in some reports, so we'll... Um, um, We'll continue to do that. By the way, I put I just put up a, an image of the mountain scene and the rain uh, for our, our prayer time as a way for me of um, my most probably great deepest prayer times have been up in the mountains in those kinds of environments. If if you prefer the cross, I'll put that back up there too. But that was just some um, just some background stuff for us as we get into prayer time. But anyway, thank you guys for being with us, and we will continue to to lift up the Lord and keep reading his word together. So thank you for being with us, and we will continue on tomorrow as we are just moving into the last few weeks before we finish up the whole Bible. So don't quit now. Uh, don't give up. We're almost there. Let's keep, keep it going. And we will see you in the morning for manna for breakfast. Bye-bye.